Hello, Blackhawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Four Feathers podcast. I am Ron Luce, joined this evening by a very familiar face. And for our longtime listeners, probably one of the most beloved faces of the program. I am joined by Tony Marchese and the great Pat Comiskey. He is back making his return to the microphone with us here at Four Feathers. Um, Before we get into everything, gentlemen, how are you guys doing on this lovely Wednesday evening here in the middle of July or early July, I guess? It's uh, it's pouring rain, Ron, and we're talking Blackhawks hockey. So there's uh, no better place to be right now. And, and Pat Comiskey's back. He's hashtag back on these airwaves. Pat, welcome back. How are you doing? Excited to be back, Tony. It's uh, It's been a long time, but uh, I'm just excited to uh, do a little positive negative here with uh, the future of the Hawks and uh, this uh, loser free agent they just brought in. But I'm, like I said, excited to be back. Uh, well, we're we're very happy to have you back, my friend. I think uh, I think Tony and I will both agree. I think you might even agree, sir, that it's uh, it's been a long time coming. It's good to good to see your face and, and hear your voice back on these four feather airwaves. Before we get into our topics tonight, I want to remind everybody four feathers pod. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe us wherever you listen to your favorite shows. We appreciate uh, both the positive and the negative, whatever we can do better. Uh, but certainly, if you believe we are doing a good job, please help us out over there. Um, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube as well. Uh, I, at ONTAP Sports Net. Hit that little bell button. You always know when we go live right here on the YouTube channel. You can also like us over on Facebook for the same reason. And if you're listening to us on Twitter, we appreciate you nonetheless, just as much as everybody else. But if you want to join in on the conversation, like our friend Mr. Voodoo07 here saying, but art, uh, you'll have to do that over on the YouTube or the Facebook. And Kamiski, we want to start there with you, my friend. This is the first time we've gotten to talk to you really. Since all of this has transpired, obviously the Hawks winning the lottery. We had a lot of discussion internally once that occurred, but now it's official. Connor Bedard is a Chicago Blackhawk. They had a very productive draft, 11 draft picks, just a few, really just a handful of days ago. It feels like an eternity ago, but just a handful of days ago, not even a full week yet. What are your thoughts thoughts on the new Connor Bedard era? And what are your thoughts on what the Hawks did at the draft, Pat? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of exciting, a lot of exciting things going on. Um, it it was, it's a lot, it's watching Kyle Davidson talk, especially when it was uh, Kyle from Chicago with that reporter. Um, it's a little tough not to get excited. Um, it's nice to see a new face up there. Um, other than, you know, what we had for the longest time. Um, you know, he's say his name, say his name, man. (laughs) He seems very confident in what he's doing and what he's putting out there. Um, and you could tell that he, picked a direction and he's going in it and he's not half-assing it. He's going hundred percent in on it. Uh, anytime you get a talent like court or like Connor Bedard out of a draft, you feel pretty damn good about it. You start to feel like the Penguins getting Sidney Crosby or, you know, something of that nature, Edmonton getting uh Connor McDavid. So with that going forward, you know, it's, it's real, it's, it's really promising and it's really exciting. I think the biggest thing that I liked um, you know, see, it came out today when they uh, they asked Davidson about drafting the go- that goalie. Uh, you know, when they already have two prospects in their system, and he said, you know, they they didn't look at it from a position standpoint. They were drafting on best player available. I think in any sport at any given time, that's how you should always draft. I like that. You know, don't look to fill holes. You know, half of these guys are several years away. You don't know what your holes are going to be in a couple of years, so just draft the best you can get. And, you know, that's what I like. And I like to see him doing that. Yeah, incredibly well said. And I, I think you brought up a great point there with with Guyon and the move they made taking goalie in the top of the second round. 
it makes you feel good when a team's just like, hey, we like the player. He was the best on our board. He was there. We took him, and it is what it is. And if he works out and we have to make hard decisions down the road, great. And if he doesn't, they took a swing on a guy that they at least liked and they, and they trusted that process. Pat, follow-up question quickly here for you, too, before we continue down our rundown when it comes to things like that. Where were you when the Hawks won the lottery? Because I feel like the draft itself was just the official, okay, Bedard's a Hawk now. Like, we all knew leading up to it. It was ever since lottery night that the excitement truly existed. Where Do you remember where you were when the Hawks got the lottery ticket for Bedard? Yeah, it was. You know, I was just in my living room, uh, home by myself with the dog. Started to lose my shit a little bit. I think it scared scared the dog pretty good there, uh, <laughs> jumping up and down and screaming. She's pretty nervous. Uh, you know, then the fiance gets home and uh, she was wondering why I was so excited. Well, I guess I can't just be excited, but you know, there are reasons. You know, I uh, start talking about this and it's tough not just put dump like all of that excitement on her. And you know, it's just like it's just one player. Like, ah, you know what? You don't understand. You don't understand, but it's fine. So, uh, yeah, no, that was a super super exciting day. You uh you got back in the season ticket uh, club that night too, didn't you, Patrick? I considered it. I didn't end up pulling the trigger on it though. You know, you didn't. Uh, Ron and I, Ron and I have some 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 season tickets now. Are you are you still debating this? Are you still debating it? You're gonna make your debating. way to the QC this year. I'll I'll certainly be up there a lot. I was st- I was still debating it, but uh, unfortunately, this just had to happen while I'm trying to uh, finance and pay for a wedding. Uh, so I had to put the season tickets on the back burner. Unfortunately, I mean, you could always delay the wedding till after the Bedard era. <laughs> right. All right, yeah, I mean, he should have got dra- You know, he should have done this a year ago, year, year sooner one, or a year later. Yeah, I've got one more question for him, Ron, before we get into this. How do you feel sure. about the Marcel Marcel pick, Pat? I love this guy already. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite Hawks, even though he's yet to play. Uh, but Marcel Marcel seems like he's going to be a big, cool, and tough guy, Pat. You got any thoughts on uh, the guy, the man with the same name? You know what? I don't think I've ever in my life seen someone with, you know, you see people all the time with two first names, but this dude legitimately has two first names and two last names. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's insane. I, I, hey, tough not to like it. It'd be tough to forget his name. So I like that. 100%. 100%. Quickly here. Uh, back to your point a little bit earlier there, Pat. Uh, Kyle from Chicago is certainly cool and tough. I think we're all getting that feel. Uh, and Frank says here, generational players says, I just want to make the team. Yeah, Bedard, he's a humble kid, but uh, I think that was. Probably some of what makes it exciting. He's just a normal dude, but he's just an elite hockey player. Um, and he's going to be fun to watch. Already knowing that he's going to wear number 98. Gentlemen, uh, literally minutes before we jumped on the show, Blackhawks announced some new jersey numbers uh, for a handful of new players on the team this year. Um, amongst those, Taylor Hall will wear number 71. That's what he wore with the Bruins, so not a lot of surprise there. Uh, Jason Dickinson changing his number from 17 to 16 because Nick Felino will wear 17 with the Blackhawks. So Dickinson doing him a solid and changing his number. Uh, a newcomer. Mr. Ryan Donato, who we'll discuss here in a second, will wear number eight. Uh, and uh, the the ultimate subject of the episode will wear number 94, Mr. Corey Perry. Um, gentlemen, just quick news on that. But let's talk to Ryan Donato signing here real quick, um, because I think this is a move that most Hawks fans probably went, hmm, I don't really know who Ryan Donato is. 
but it's cheap and it's a couple years and it doesn't sound like it's too terrible. I personally loved the Ryan Donato signing. I think it's an incredibly underrated signing from the general hockey world when we look at it. He's not some aging veteran. He's not, you know, 35 plus coming in just to play here for one year and be a part of the, the mentorship and things like that. He's a young player just entering his prime. He's only 27 years old. He's played on a number of different teams, trying to find his, his place. He can play center. He can play wing. And in two years with the Seattle Kraken as mostly a third line player, he scored 16 and 14 points respectively. I mean, this guy is a very good second, you know, second level depth scorer and gentlemen, I don't know about you guys, but uh, in, in some of the discussion that I had seen amongst those close to the team in, in a sense of the press, there's some rumblings. He might even get some top six look uh, potentially as the second line center, assuming uh, one Lucas Reichel plays more wing than center this coming season. Would love to know what your guys' thoughts are on the Ryan Donato signing and, and what he's going to bring to this team for at least this year and hopefully for the full two years of that contract. So, Ron, this is where I, I sort of go into this, and I'm sure this has been said by people on Blackhawks Twitter or elsewhere just in fan circles. You give Ryan Donato two years, two mil uh, a piece, and then you sort of see Max Domi go by the wayside here. Um the money's sort of comparable here. I mean, one three on, on Domi for Toronto, and then uh, you go two two. So I don't know. I, I would have rather seen Max Domi come back or take a flyer on him, give him four mil for one year, and just you know bring him back in as a top six guy versus uh, Ryan Donato, who you know played for the Kraken, which they were a better hockey team than than the Chicago Blackhawks were last year. I just felt like there was more out there. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Uh, I, I know you like the signing. Uh, not as familiar with his game, but uh, I felt like there's some guys out there that have better numbers that are signing in the ballpark of, of what we uh, financially committed to Donato. So interesting signing. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of shrugging this one off until I actually see how he fits with this roster. Pat, I'll go to you. Yeah, you know, I think over these next – you know, two years, especially the length of his contract, you're probably, you kind of need guys to just come in and slot into positions and, you know, for a dollar amount like that, whatever, I guess. Um, like you said, Ron, when you say that average Hawks fan probably doesn't know a lot about Ryan Donato, well, I'll slide right into that camp. <laughs> not not all that familiar with this game. Um, but, you know, it, you take a flyer on a guy, like you said, that's still, you know, relatively young um, and we'll see we'll probably see more, a lot more opportunities here. Um, maybe in that top six role, like you say, you never know, maybe he does blossom. Um, but yeah, like you said, Tony, I, I was in the camp that really wanted to see Max Domi come back. Um, so maybe if you, you know, if you throw an extra million on top of what Toronto uh, gave him, yeah, then you probably do see him come back. I think that's something I would have rather signed up for, but you know, uh, didn't work out that way. So We'll see. Um, you know, the only thing I look at, too, is I don't know what, you know, Seattle's cap situation looks like. But for such a uh, for such a small offer, and maybe it was the second year, but were they not interested in bringing him back? What did they see in his game? Um, but, you know, other than that, you know, you take a flyer on a guy and you see what happens. And then at the end of the two years, maybe you move on or maybe you found something. Yeah, I think uh, to your point there about the cap situation with Seattle, I think it was just Seattle valuing other players over him. Uh, their biggest issue 
just from a cap perspective is re-signing Vince Dunn, who has blossomed into a top scoring offensive defenseman there. He had a beautiful season last year for them. Getting he's gonna get a raise from the four million he made a season ago. And I think that's ultimately gonna they I think the Seattle has had to do that with a few players. I've noticed a couple of their depth guys that um, a lot of the fans really grew close to. Uh, when I saw the the tweet that he had signed from Saravelli, or as we always like to call him spaghetti and meatballs, um, went through the the replies to the tweet. It was really fascinating seeing a lot of Seattle fans very upset that Ryan Donato was leaving. So uh, that helped add a little bit of um, maybe uh just confidence, I guess, into the signing of what they're getting in him. But I think a, a point with the Domi thing, guys, and actually let's let's tap into this here for a hot second because I think it's fascinating with Domi because it really did feel like he wants to go somewhere where it's a little close to winning, at least for one season, right? He's so just he doing this Toronto. for a year. So he picks well, Toronto. See, but that's the <laughs> thing. A lot of guys are picking Toronto. Bertuzzi picked Toronto for one season. There's a couple other guys doing the same because I think a lot of guys are looking at it that Toronto this season is going to have to go for it. And then they're going to lose everybody. You got Matthews, who's a free agent next year, who needs a new contract. You need, you got Nylander who reportedly they are worlds apart on an extension. So he's probably gone after this season. And then after this coming season, they only have one more additional year of both Taveras and Marner. That core is not locked up long-term anymore. They're kind of getting to that end of that window. So I think they're trying to entice a lot of veteran players to say, look, come take a one or a two-year deal with us. Let's run it and see if something happens here. I'm betting money that we do see Max Domi in a Blackhawks jersey again. It might just be next year. Maybe there is when the Blackhawks are a little more ready to commit some money towards some veterans. When the the $8 million combined in Perry and Felino falls off the books after this season, maybe we do see Max come back on a two or three or maybe even a four-year deal if they're willing to hand out some term at that, you know, four and five million dollar range. And this gives him an opportunity just to go try and see what happens. Plus, his dad played in Toronto. I'm sure there's some nostalgia there for him as well. Um, I also believe he was born in Toronto, so I'm sure he grew up um a Leafs fan so I'm sure that might have had some play into it but agree with you guys both I would love to see Domi back in a, jer- in a Blackhawks jersey I'm not going to close the door on it I don't think it's gone forever um but it will be something to keep an eye on next offseason obviously um now that he's locked up by the Maple Leafs let's get into it boys because as noted in the title of the episode Tony is just here for the popcorn absolutely I want I want to give Pat the stage though, because I think a lot of people have heard more of my speak on the show of why I did actually enjoy, and I'm not upset about the Corey Perry edition. I know that I was probably in the minority. I, I firmly understand that. Pat's here to debate with me. Pat wants to yell at me. It's been a hot minute. We haven't yelled at each other since Jeremy Colleton was head coach of this team, and I take a big fat oh, L. Good on old days. I will. I will raise my hands to the sky and say. I was very wrong, and I, I it sucks being wrong in that situation because it's just one of those things where you wanted to see the team get it right, and of course they didn't. So, Pat, the floor is yours, my friend. Why are you absolutely devastated that the Hawks went and got Corey Perry? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, like you said, everything was a positive. It's all been positives leading up when they win the lottery. Even before they won the lottery, I like that they had finally cho- chosen a direction and started to go into it. Everything was coming up Blackhawks. And then they do this. Uh, I I would be in a, a camp of bringing in some veterans to surround a young 17-year-old 
Connor Bedard with. Uh, he's got to learn from someone. Uh, Corey Perry is not the type of player that I want him learning from. I think Corey Perry is a shit bag. I think he's that he's the type of player that they say, oh, you love him if or you hate him if you play against him. I think I'm going to still hate him seeing him in a Blackhawks jersey. I might hate him even a little bit more. I, I don't like anything about him. Yeah, you got to have those pests. You know, we all loved Andrew Shaw. He was a pest. I just, Corey Perry has loser stink to him, to me. Um, you know, he went through this all these last years, went to the cup final three years in a row with three different teams and managed to lose all three of them. Uh, Tampa Bay does all this winning uh, until Corey Perry gets there and then they start losing again. Um, we've seen it. We talked about the numbers. I have a list here that I'm just going to rattle off, but. We talked about we put the new numbers out there. He's wearing number 94 for the Blackhawks. Feels like a loser number. That feels like the kid you give that you know. It's it's like a spring training number from the guy with the White Sox or the Cubs that you can't even pronounce their freaking name. And it doesn't matter because you'll never see him again. But we're going to see plenty of 94 skating around the United Center ice, probably skating off to the penalty box because he did something stupid for the 800th time in his career. Um, I'm also going to miss... Or maybe we do just bring it back if we can all get on board that we don't like him. Uh, we'll bring back Corey Perry facts, if we remember that from uh, back in the day, like the 2015s when the Hawks were playing the Ducks. Um, and we just tweet all these mean things about Corey Perry. Um, the one, but one of the big things on more of a serious note that I don't, I don't love is we talked about, you know, we're not bringing Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane back because we want Connor Bedard and all these young guys to come in and, an issue um, issue in the future themselves and not live in the shadow of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. Now, I understand that Corey Perry is nowhere near the same thing because, A, he hasn't been here for all this time, not the same level of player, yada, yada, yada. Um, but if you want to bring in – you want to bring in now some veterans to echo him in. I don't agree with the Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane thing it, because David said he doesn't want them to live in their shadow or have to try and live up to that – Look, the kid has all the pressure in the world on him. Having maybe having a guy like Taze and Kane there can take a little bit of that pressure off. Um, but I digress. I I was I was in favor of as soon as this happened. I was fine with him not bringing Kane back before this happened. But, but be, just because of the situation they would be in. But now you have this otherworldly talent in here that's going to play center and needs talent on his wings. Um, so that, that's one of the big reasons that I just don't like it. I, I would have rather seen Patrick Kane be the guy that's coming back and being the veteran that issues him in. I mean, look at all the guys that Kane did that with in his career and was perfect at it. Artemi Panarin, uh, you know, Alex Dabrinkit, Nick Schmaltz, all these guys. And, you know, they all that, that all didn't get them in great places. They all ended up trading their way out of here. But that wasn't Patrick Kane's fault. Um, so I would have liked to have seen him take a guy like Connor Bedard under his wing, um, it would have been the most talented young player that he ever got to play with. And it would have been, you know, for the first time in Kane's Blackhawks career, other than short stints that he had an actual extremely talented center to play with. So it would have been interesting to see, but obviously I digress. It's not going to happen. It's, you know, whatever. Um, but those are some of the issues I have with it. Um, I don't think, you know, I just I don't see Corey Perry as that veteran that you want issuing him in. I I don't see it. I don't think he's a winner 
yeah, he has one Stanley Cup. That Stanley Cup came when Connor Bernard was a whole one year old. Um, so it's he's not my guy. He's one of the guys I've hated the most. Um, anything unless it was Ryan Kessler coming out of retirement and finally playing center for the Blackhawks, like we always thought he was going to, I couldn't hate this move more. So that's where I'll leave it at. I hate Corey Perry, and I think the average Hawks fan should too. And I think you, I actually like some of the points that you brought up, Pat, because I, I, I understand that the hatred, right? Like, especially at the height of this Blackhawks golden era, right? Like that was what it was. The Ducks were a team that the Hawks had to go through more often than not. It was the Ducks and the Kings. They were the, the two, the two thorns in the Blackhawks side in the Western conference for all those years. Sure. You had some, some flirtations from teams like St. Louis and, and some of in, in the Sharks, but Overall, it was the Kings and the Ducks, right? That that gave you those great, you know, Western Conference Finals series and even the the second round series that we saw over all those years. I, I think to your point, right, about like all the veteran and because you know, first off, thanks to everybody in the comments. Appreciate you guys joining the conversation and, and hopping in here. It's one thing I think if they didn't bring in a Nick Felino to just be like why the hell is Perry here? He's here to be an agitator, just like you said, right? He's here to, he's here to protect Bedard. He's here to be that, you know, I'm going to, he can't spear Connor Bedard if he's on your roster and you're paying him. I mean, that's the, maybe the one golden ticket. He can't <laughs> injure your prize 17 year old anymore because he's playing on his, you know, on his, on one of the lines underneath him at some point. But I, I think with, with Perry, the $4 million they ended up giving Perry, I will say this because I, I do like the move because I think what it brings is that physical element, a guy that's just been around the league. I don't even think it's more so of like the taking him under his wing. I'm almost hoping that maybe like a Taylor Hall is that guy that takes him under his wing because they're both former number one picks and, you know, because he's actually a scorer and like, at least at this point in his career, right? Obviously Perry's put up 40 and 50 goal seasons in his career, but that's not Corey Perry nowadays. Taylor Hall was still putting up 60-point seasons as of two seasons ago. So I would rather him be the guy that ultimately kind of takes him under his wing. I think really, again, I like the Perry signing, but I, I will agree with you on this. I will absolutely agree with you on this. That I think the Perry signing and, be, and them giving him what they gave him contract-wise because of the inflated contract number they gave him at $4 million has deterred them from making other moves. Maybe that was the $4 million that could have gone to a Max Domi, right? Like mm -hmm. That's what I, I, I think, was just about to bring up here. I, I think that's where – and I think that's a very fair, right? Obviously, none of us were unfortunately in the – I would what I would do, though, to be a fly on the wall in Kyle Davidson's office for just one day. But, you know, you almost have to wonder, like, was there that conversation there of like, hey, could we bring back Max on like that one-year $4 million deal or, you know, two-year $4 million deal? That still wouldn't, you know, cripple you from a cap perspective. But then, like you said, they go out and they give it to a guy like Corey Perry. And with Felino, I think it's a little different, right? You give him the $4 million. You say he's here to be a veteran. He's kind of a nasty guy. He had a very, you know, kind of nasty reputation in the Eastern Conference for a long time. Uh, I have a very close buddy of mine that's a big Penguins fan. Absolutely hates Nick Felino because of his time with the Blue Jackets. But he was also a captain. 
Like that's a guy that was very well respected. And I know Perry wore a letter in his time with Anaheim. I know he was an alternate to Getzlaff for some of those years. And I, I understand that, but like Felina was a captain. Absolutely earned that right to be a captain. I, I respect giving him a little, a little bump and incentive to say, Hey, you come in here and do this. He's not there to score. Right. To me, they almost want Perry to score is what it feels like here because yeah, I mean, he put up 12 goals in a bottom six role last year for Tampa. Not bad numbers, truthfully, when it's all considered, especially being as ancient as he is. Like you mentioned, he won a Stanley Cup when, when Connor Bedard was still in diapers. I just I, – I really do think, like, I like the move, but I also do understand the other side, right? I understand, A, the hate just as a Blackhawks fan for him and what he did to the Hawks over those years. But I think even just from, like, a team perspective, like you kind of brought up, Pat, like – it does feel like it might have – because now, I, like, I was doing some research today, and I'll, I'll reel this back in here in a second. I know I'm going down a rabbit hole. I was doing a little research today of guys like, oh, what are guys that, that the Hawks could target that are still out on the free agent market on, like, a one- or two-year deal? And there was a couple guys that I caught, there, like, myself sitting there looking at, and not necessarily like the Vladimir Tarasenko's who are probably going to make, you know, $5 million for one year or something like that. I'm looking at it, and I go – who would I rather have in these lines other than Corey Perry? And there were quite a few names that I think now are blocked because of a $4 million contract for Corey Perry. I don't even think it's necessarily so much as like the, it's not the dollars, right. That are blocking them from doing it. Cause they have plenty of cap space. It's the, the physical roster spot that you block now because you paid the guy $4 million. He's going to fucking play like there. You don't have a choice. Right. So I, I completely agree with that. I, like I said, I, I like the move in the sense of he's going to be an agitator. He's going to pro- hopefully protect Bernard. He's going to be that kind of that guy in the back burner that you, you show teams, you look and you go, he's coming off the bench to do something really fucking stupid if you do something to 98. But outside of that, you know, you bring up some of the points about guys helping usher in that new era and it it really does maybe have a little bit of a, a weird taste to it saying Corey Perry is going to be a part of that. You know, Nick Felino, okay. Taylor Hall, okay. Damn, Kaminsky landed the knockout punch like within the opening monologue here. Yeah. You know, I I, I get it. I really do. I, I don't I, – I, I do like what they got in Corey Perry, but I do under I do see the other side of the coin here. It really is easy to say, okay, maybe, maybe they did block something that – Bedard could have used on this roster. Maybe it was another score. Maybe it was, you know, something of that nature. Again, it's not a dollars problem. It's a physical roster spot problem because he is going to play somewhere probably in your top nine more so than, you know, in a bottom six role. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, like I said, I, I also see your point of it. Um, you know, someone's got to do it and he's got that mentality and, you know, maybe he'll be a little hungrier. Uh, you know, you play those last couple of years with Tampa. Now you, now it's a completely different situation. And he's expected to be more of this veteran leader presence where he went into a Tampa team where everything was already established and he was just another guy. So maybe we get something positive out of him. Uh, maybe he does blossom into this role. I don't, you know, just just my preconceived notions of how I view this guy. I don't see it because, like I said, I think he's a jackass. Um, but you know, hey, who, who am I? You know, I'm a jackass fifty percent of the time, anyways, too. So you know, he, I guess I, that has play. So you know, maybe he could be our jackass. I doubt it. 
Um, I still it's it's burned into my brain of him in 2015 ripping Marion Hosa's stick out of his hands and kicking it down the ice. Uh, you do that to a guy like Hosa. I mean, do that to any of the 22 other guys on the fucking team. Don't touch Hosa's stick. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't. I I hate it. I hate it so much. But you know, I hate him. Uh, the situation could play out however you however you want it to, and we'll see what happens. But I, I don't like the guy, <laughs> you know, the hockey player, whatever. I don't like the guy. That is fair, and I I, I will have to agree with you there because I have never been a big Perry fan either. And I think again, just being a Hawks fan, it was hard to be one. It really is the situation where if you're if you're gonna like the move, you have to look at it strictly from a, a hockey standpoint, and not like a being a Hawks fan standpoint, because it is really hard to like the move then, right? When you're just like, man, fuck that guy. I remember yeah. him. I remember, you know, the stupid shit he would do to the Hawks in those runs. You know, like, it, it really is one of those things. And uh, Frank here has been putting some incredible comments in the comments section. Thank you, sir, for, for doing that. There is one that I want to bring up that I think brings up an interesting point when it comes to a Corey Perry. And Pat would love your thoughts here as well. He says, you have to bring people in that are going to thrive in front office plans. Understood. Uh, it's not just about getting the best player the way the coach runs his offense. You need an agitator and a guy. I think that's the one thing of why Perry is here. But also at the same time, I feel like Perry's going to be weird here. It's kind of a double-edged sword. And let me explain. Because he was with Richardson in Montreal when Richardson was a, an assistant coach for that one season. So they have overlapped together. Uh, and there was reports that Richardson liked Perry. And that was a, probably something that played into this. Uh, I think we've seen it a couple of times with some of the other guys. Obviously, Gomi was just exactly like that just a year ago. Guy that was familiar with Richardson, loved playing for him, ended up in Chicago. But at the same time, I look at what Luke Richardson's model is as a team and it's speed and playing relentless. And I don't know at this point in his career if Corey Perry really brings you that much speed to be an influential winger going into the corners. I understand he's going to be big and he's going to be physical, but is he going to get up and down the ice the way you want him to, right? We saw how much Andreas Athanasiu thrived in that role because of his speed last season. Lucas Reichel's speed was on display at numerous times, you know, a season ago. I'm just really intrigued to see how, how his fit is at this point in his career with the Hawks and who he's paired with. Because right now, there's really nobody that I can see in terms of what's on the roster that they can pair him with to, like, quote-unquote, make up for that speed. That, to me, is going to make sense. So it's 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 going to be very interesting to see why things play out the way they play out. I'm just like you said, I, 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 I know his I see his role and I understand why he's here. I, you just have to hope he, he brings what he did even last season to the table. You know, he was a, a 12 goals, 12 goal scorer in very limited role in Tampa the year prior. He had Ron, a really all good I've season listened to for the last like 20 minutes is you backing down on what you said on the last podcast about why you liked Corey Perry here. You I like, like you're questioning I, things. No, I like the addition of Corey Perry. See, Tony, here's the problem. You take words out of my mouth and spit them into context. You're the sports media of the Four Feathers group, Mr. Marchese. Let's spin this back on you now because you were the one that instigated the fight. I said I like the move because he brings a veteran presence. He brings a guy that's going to stick up for Bedard. 
and he's going to hopefully bring you depth scoring. And I still hope that, and I really do. But at the same time, I understand Pat's point of view of not liking a player because he was a scumbag for the last, what feels like 20 years. Actually, I think this is probably close to year 20 for Corey Perry in the league. I'll, I'll draw a comparison to White Sox land, Kamiski, and you let me know if this uh, this sort of makes sense. This, to me, sort of feels like when Justin Morneau, longtime first baseman for the Minnesota Twins, played with the White Sox for a brief stint in 2016. And it was mm. just looking at that jersey and seeing it was weird. Morneau, it was very weird. This is going to be just like that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I just I didn't, but I didn't have a hatred for Justin Morneau outside other than the fact that he played for the Twins and he killed us for all those years. Um, I've, whereas I think with Perry, it's more of like a you know a personal his his idea type of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, and we could probably name about twelve more of those weird guys that the White Sox brought in at the end of their career to uh, sting <laughs> up the joint. Uh, as they cash their last checks in Major League Baseball, but you know, I yeah, it is. It's going to be weird. I think we could get through the entire year, and it's it's not going to. I think anytime you see a '94 skating around the ice to begin with, it's like who the hell is wearing? But um, it, it's going to be weird no matter what. Um, but Ron, like you said, I I like the fact, and like Frank brought it up in the uh, comment section too. There, if this is a Richardson move, then I can then I actually get on page with it way more because at some point you got to bring in the guys that he wants to build his system. If this is the guy he wanted, you know what? Okay. Let it, let him have it. I'm fine with that. Um, but if it was just Kyle Davidson, uh, picking a guy that he thought would be a veteran presence to come in and just be around and provide, you know, depth or what, what you have it, then I don't like it. But if this was someone that Richardson went to and said, yeah, I, I want Corey Perry, Okay, then you can get me on board a little bit more with that, I think. I think that speaks volumes to what Luke Richardson did just last year, Pat. Mm. When you when you really sit back and think about what you just said there, he earned the trust of Blackhawks fans in a very short period of time in a season where we were not very good. And uh yeah, that says a lot. Frank's got another question here for you, Patrick. He wants to know. Uh, let's get this comment up. I think Ron and I were both trying to pull the comment at the same time. There you go. Richardson. Oh, wait, here we go. Wrong one. Patrick. If Brad Marchand was traded here, would you like that? You know what? I I would like that because I'm not someone that hates Brad Marchand. And, you know, this is probably going to make me sound like a complete hypocrite because Brad Marchand is just as much <laughs> a pest and a piece of shit that Corey Perry is. But I, I maybe it's just like a, a flavor type of thing. I like Brad Marchand's energy more than I like Corey Perry's energy. I think Brad Marchand is more of a winner uh, when it comes down to it. And that's probably meatballish or whatever. Uh, because well, Marchand's played with you know all all those good Bruins teams too, and always had a lot of talent around him. I mean, so did Corey Perry a lot of time when he's with those Ducks teams, or just most recently in Tampa. Uh, but I like Brad Marchand, and I think if he came here, I'd love it because you know he could he could play right there on Bedard's wing, and he still scores at a very high level, still a very uh, effective player. Um, yeah, no, so I I would be fully on board with that. Um, you know, 
but you know, it is, it is the same type of thing. And I, I understand the question, uh, but that's just, that's how my brain works. Brad Marshan, fine with me, Corey Perry. Fuck him. Well, I also think a fair, a fair thing to say about that too, is Corey Perry put up 25 points last season. Brad Marshan yeah. put up 67 in only right. 71 games. So you figure that's a 76 point pace, give or take over a full 82 game season. I would happily take a 70 point player. Another one that you could, you could put on uh on Bedard's wing and, and do the exact same thing. Completely agree with you there. I uh, also bring it up the, the, the second quote that Frank said, Richardson was asked about that said he wanted him here veteran presence. So again, I, I think to, to Tony's point, right. Richardson has earned a lot of respect with Blackhawks fans. Very, 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 very quickly because of what he did with this team. Like, even though they weren't good statistically in any form last year, they were still fun to watch. Tony, yeah. you said it multiple times during the summer here. This is, that was probably your most fun you've had watching Blackhawks hockey in the last four or five years because of the way the team played and just you never counted them out of games because I'll bring of it full the way circle. It's amazing what happened when you got Jeremy Carlton off of that bench. Yep. <laughs> it's true. And that's the last time Pat and I Pat and I got to really have a good yell at each other. That was a, that was a fun show. I that one's in the archives somewhere. Highly recommend everybody to go listen to that one if you haven't. That one probably that probably would be a good listen back at this point in time, you know, five, four or five years later now, uh just to giggle and, and, and see how far uh not only we've come, but uh the Blackhawks have come as well. Gentlemen, before we start to wrap things up, uh developmental camp here in Chicago. Not a lot to talk about. Uh, again, we, as we noted on uh, past episodes, it is simply an off-ice prospect camp this year for the Blackhawks trying something new. Uh, but all the guys are in town. There's been a lot of pictures posted. Uh, as you saw, the uh, the Kevin Korczynski with the boxing gloves on uh, and so on and so forth. You know, it, it's it didn't satisfy the itch for Blackhawks hockey like it has in, in past years because they were on the ice. I understand why they are doing what they're doing and the, the rationale behind it. Um, but I think that almost might amp up the excitement for training camp because I think you'll see a good, probably maybe half, maybe a little less than half of the guys that participated in prospect camp be invited to training camp in some form or fashion, especially guys that, were a part of this year's draft class, guys that were probably part of last year's draft class as well. Uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how they play. But um, guys, any thoughts on on the development camp stuff? Any other final thoughts in Blackhawks hockey before we start to wrap this thing up? Hey, Ron. I mean, for the lack of on ice material that we've gotten over the past couple of days, I think the Hawks have been uh, very good about posting stuff up on the socials. Um, meeting with the media, talking about what's going on. Uh, you saw the team out doing some team bonding the other night. Uh, I think they took a boat ride down uh, the Chicago River. Just seeing the guys getting to know each other, um, it, it's good. I like seeing that stuff, especially ahead of this season. It's very pivotal um, for us to, as we talked about on this, this show, uh, ring in a new era of Blackhawks hockey. So it's good to see. Uh, that stuff taking place. Um, I'm itching to see Connor Bedard on the ice in a Blackhawks jersey, whether or not it's a, an actual jersey or a practice jersey, because uh, we all know that those things are going to be uh, shared far and wide on, on social media and, and just everywhere. Uh, I'm excited for that, but uh, it's we're getting closer. We're getting closer to uh, actual hockey, and I think that's uh, 
something that everybody here on the show and those tuned into it are very excited for. So I'm, I'm ready. Uh, it can't come soon enough. 100%. Yeah. Pat. yeah. And I'm right there with you tone. Uh, I think the one thing I really like too, is uh, all the team bonding they're doing with all these young guys. Um, and you know, I like that for Bedard's sake too. Cause it's gotta be tough when you're a 17 year old kid. And you're getting paraded around this giant city. Um, you have all these lofty expectations. You're doing all these meet and greets. You know, he said, he said Patrick Kane reached out to him. Um, you know, uh, they put that video together, too, of a lot of the athletes around the city, uh, DeMar DeRozan, everyone sending him messages, welcome to Chicago, all this. It's got to be a lot to take in for a, for someone who's legitimately a kid. Um, so I like that they're bringing, you know, not just him and just parading him. They have all these other giraffe picks around him as well. I think that kind of takes the pressure off of him a little bit. Uh, but it also kind of gives, lets those guys come into the spotlight a little bit too, you know, in a perfect world, they're all going to be here for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Obviously they won't all be, uh, but if you're, if this thing's going to hit, you're going to need a, a good handful of these guys to be here and to be successful. So to bring them all together kind of you know get to know one another i think that's the thing you know we loved the most about those the 2010 team was how close they were the fact that they went out and did everything all all the time together it was a bunch of young guys um you know maybe in you know in 2023 you don't want them hitting the bars together at the level that the 2010 hawks were uh with social media being a prevalent thing now uh, but, you know, maybe they can, they can all go out and, you know, have nice dinners together and stuff and uh, stay tamed out there. But, you know, I, I like it a lot. Uh, let them let them get to know the city. You know, what better time than to uh, be around Chicago than in July? Weather's been nice. I'm sure they're having a lot of fun out there getting to know one another. Uh, and just, you know, when you're talking about, you know, kids, take the pressure off them a little bit um, and let them enjoy this. So I, I like it a lot. Uh, I think they're doing it right, especially, you know, when you've seen, especially when, uh, you know, Bedard threw the first pitch out at uh, Wrigley last week. What would have been real easy for them just to run him out there? But, you know, they had the whole draft class behind him. Sure, he was the one that obviously threw the first pitch. But, you know, Wasn't everyone Jay was Cutler right there, there behind too? him. Your favorite quarterback? Jay Cutler was all, yeah, you know, what a great day. You know, if <laughs> if there was one time for me to go to Wrigley, it would have been for Connor Bedard and uh, Jay Cutler. So, you know, that's the veteran presence that we need leading, uh, leading Connor Bedard, not Corey Perry. <laughs> I love it. Uh, really quickly, guys, a couple of uh, one here. He says he's had expectations since he was 13. Nothing phased him yet. Yeah, Bernard's been in the spotlight. But again, very humble kid, as we've seen. Certainly, it's never easy, especially coming to a new city, too, like Chicago. But uh, as Frank says at the end, uh, and I think we're all in agreement, can't wait to watch him yet. And Frank has one question for us here before we all get out of here. Do you think the lottery was rigged for yes. the Blackhawks to win? I do. And I think it would be the greatest decision the NHL could make when you have a cash cow like the Chicago Blackhawks who have to uh, make up for, you know, some of these loser franchises like, you know, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the NHL needs the Hawks to be good. They need the Hawks to bring in all that money that they got so used to them doing and all the TV numbers and all that. You know, now they got these terrible ass uh 
Fanatics branded jerseys that they need to sell. Um, they probably thought when they made that dog shit decision going away from Adidas and going into Fanatics, we'll never sell a jersey again. Well, they said, well, you know what? If we put Bedard on the back of Blackhawks jerseys, we could probably outsell everything we did last year with Adidas. So bring them in. So yeah. Now, do I think necessarily it was? I don't know. I don't think there's any way to know that. And from what from what everyone says, from the beat writers that were involved in it, there wouldn't be a way to do it. I, I wouldn't put anything past uh, Gary Bettman to find a way. Um, so do I know if they did it? No. Do I think they should have? Yes. And that's not just me being a Blackhawks fan. That's someone who wants to see the NHL do well. Obviously, they don't bring in the type of money that other leagues do. If they want to do this, they need the Blackhawks to be good. So it makes sense. You want to rig it? Whatever. I'm, I'm with you. Free. You know, obviously, we got ping pong balls. But if they could freeze the envelope for the Knicks to draft Patrick Ewing in the back in the day, we can, you know, we can make whatever those numbers for the Blackhawks be a little heavier so they go up in the fucking thing. I'm with it. So, do I think they did? Tinfoil hat time yes. Pat Comiskey right now on yeah. Four Feathers Podcast. I love it. I'm with it. You know, rig it up. You know, you got to do what you got to do. I love it. Whatever. Yeah, it benefited us. Hey, <laughs> if it didn't, would you have changed your answer? Well, you know what? That's the thing. I don't. I don't have to because we don't rig draft lotteries for loser franchises like the Anaheim Ducks and the fucking Columbus Blue Jackets. So it doesn't matter. We're the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, if it benefits us, whatever. If those six hundred people in Columbus that are more interested in Ohio State football starting in a couple weeks got mad that the Blackhawks got Connor Bedard, who gives a shit? <laughs> I love it. And this is why Frank. Pat Kaminsky was brought back on the show. Uh, Frank's been a rock star in here. Thanks for tuning in that tonight, was, Frank, was. with us. Uh, yeah, not sending him to flipping Columbus or Anaheim. Uh, my answer to that is, uh, does it really even matter at this point? We've got Connor right. Bedard. It's over. It's over. It doesn't even matter if it was rigged or not. It's done. Let's and w- move on. And one of the, Let's enjoy one the, of the next sweetest era. parts of getting Bedard was watching 29 other fan bases cry about it. Love it. That just adds, that adds to how great this is. Especially those in Vancouver. Yeah. They were big mad. Yeah. They were mad online. Yeah. Well, fuck the Nucks. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. Frank also said 7.8 million Blackhawks jerseys sold for Connor Bedard already. Um, unfortunately, Adidas gets one more year of Connor Bedard money because uh, the Fanatics brand goes into effect. I thought it was going to be Fanatics as well this year, and I had to go look it up myself. It's 2024-25 is the first year of the oh, Fanatics okay. well, jerseys. So – Adidas got lucky. They got one more year of, of big jersey sales. But surely if he has a really good rookie season, I'm sure the that 7.8 is going to become much larger and, and Fanatics will get some of those sales come next season. And uh, I would say, no, the draft lottery wasn't rigged because they have so many pieces and things they go through. Uh, an independent uh, partner for Ernst & Young, for those that don't know what that is, it's a big four accounting firm, uh, actually signs off that the, the lottery was not rigged and, and no one in there could manipulate the results. That being said, WorldCom and Enron happened. So I don't know. I don't know if we can all sit here and say we trust the accountants. But like Tony said, who the fuck cares? I don't care anymore. Connor Bernard, Chicago Blackhawk, and everybody else can go cry about it. And that's why we love what happened at the NHL draft. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Before we get out of here, again, reminding everybody for Feathers, the official Blackhawks podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network. You can check out us over at Four Feathers Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Mr. Kaminsky, you are at Kaminsky22, correct, on Twitter? Yeah, that is correct, yes. 
Okay. At, at Comiskey 22, uh, I am at Loose on Tap. Tony's at Tony on Tap. You can find us all there as well. Um, and be sure to follow all of our other great shows as well. Uh, be sure to like us here and subscribe on the YouTube. Hit the bell button. Uh, we got it all for you. Bears, Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, you name it. We've got it right here at the ONTAP Sports Network. So once again, ONTAPSportsnet.com, at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media, the ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Gentlemen, what's on tap? Summer shenanigans, and I think we've all got our eyes on the preseason because that will be uh, really the next time that we start to get into Blackhawks hockey. Surely there might be a signing or two uh, before that time comes, and we'll keep you updated here. But until then, what do you say, guys? Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks. Let's go, Hawks, baby.